Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Project Esports podcast. It's August 13th. Uh, it's me and Andrew here today. James is having another um, off day today, but it's his last off day before we get him four times in a row. Fortunately, I don't think Andrew's going to be on the, the first show no. back, but um, <laughs> that's, that's how the way it always goes. Yeah, but yeah, so James will be back next week. Finally, we didn't have a guest week, guest host or anything this week, but we felt like we we're going to be somewhat confident enough to talk about what we have today. So we'll jump right into that with, wow, really a big surprise here, but we're going to talk about more Overwatch League today to start it off with. Um, we don't have too much, just really want to touch on two big things. First off, I know you've probably seen this tweet about this a couple times because James is extremely excited, but an Overwatch team has been announced for Canada. It's going to be based out of Toronto. Splice is going to be the team operating it. Um, they don't have a team name or anything kind of like that. The investors behind the uh, team I don't know too much about, but welcome to the Overwatch League Canada. I guess you're a real thing now. James, I've never seen so excited. Now he's actually going to watch the Overwatch League and be excited with me about that. I mean, anything you have to say? I mean, if anything, yeah. I hate, like, I guess it's the Midwest team now. It's the closest team to Wisconsin, but LA Valiant for life. I guess so. So I've always been a super big advocate for Toronto esports. I think it's the perfect location in the East Coast um, because Toronto is kind of the East Coast, sort of. It's so weird. If, it's like right in the, the middle, no, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so it's perfect because if you're in the Midwest, you have a reasonable way to get to Canada and Toronto. Yep. If you live in America on the East Coast, it's really not that far of a drive. Yeah, it's kind of a day trip, but like a lot of places are day trips. Like if I go to New York or like, or even Boston, geez, Boston's super far, but those are all day trips for me too. Yeah. Toronto's really not that far. It's in a pretty low, pretty good location, especially if you live in New York or, or Boston. It's weirdly centrally located, even though it's in Canada. So it's pretty convenient for Americans to go over and their culture there for esports is really, really awesome. I've been there twice now for StarCraft um, NA Finals. Both times I had an absolutely wonderful time. It was so great staying in the city. Everyone's super nice. It's a really, really nice city. Um, so it, there's a lot of cities out there. Um, New York especially is like famous for this, but it has that like that city smell to it sort of. That, oh, like, really? Do but like it's not um, like a good city uh, smell or like no 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 it's never a good city smell okay it's never a good city that's smell. what I thought I'm like I've been in New York once or twice but I like didn't know if there's like, like some people enjoy that smell like, no but uh, Toronto is just like it's super clean city and like I said it's it's really nice especially if you're like in the thick of it so um, I'm really glad they did this and also like just like the general like populace there is super into esports they have a lot of like really good collegiate teams too. Um, I'm glad they did this. I'm super glad because it's a perfect city um, yeah. to actually have a big esports team. And I'm pretty sure, um, I guess we're all talking Overwatch, uh, Toronto Esports made it either the semifinals or the finals of contenders for this season too. So yeah, they have respectable teams there. Like I'm sure a lot of those people probably from that team might even get brought up to the whole big team. I mean, you think about it. I mean, there's some pretty good players on that team and they're already kind of based around Toronto. So who knows? Well, but, maybe. I, I don't know because... Um, the the people who are on the teams, it's not really about where. where oh, they I know, go. I know, I know. But like, they maybe already have that tie, and I'm sure. Well, I don't know if they have the tie because I don't know if the same organization owns both teams. So that's the thing. Like, oh. um, whoever is in Toronto that started this contenders team, they could just be called Toronto just because it, like a few players are from there. Um, it doesn't inherently have to be owned by the same team because I don't believe Slice, uh, Splice, uh, got the. Uh, 
like the rights to be the Toronto team until like just now, whenever they did it. So I wouldn't really can I really wouldn't do that. I like I, I wouldn't put two and two together. They're the Boston Uprising Academy team. Yep. So yeah, sometimes stuff like that happens. It's really weird. Um, That's so weird. Yeah, um, but like I mean, it's the same thing with NRG um, with uh, San Francisco Shock. The NRG uh, Contenders team is a team of DC. It is a DC team. Yeah, but like they're called NRG though. Like, and that's the owners behind the team. But it makes a little bit more sense than Toronto Esports for a Boston organization. Is the only reason I kind of had that complaint. Yeah, but then again, it's by um, it's a craft group, right? That owns Boston Uprising. There, because the craft group isn't about branding around themselves. So, Energy is an esports organization, so they want to brand around themselves as much as they can. Um, so, that's why they do their contender team around that. But the craft group is not interested in naming things after themselves, they're yeah. interested in developing specific brands. And maybe they were trying to make a push for Toronto, being you know, getting a second team. Maybe they were trying to make that push, and so that's why they kind of just threw that on there. But, yeah, hmm. who knows. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of a fun little thing to realize. And then kind of going on after that, um, we talked very briefly about numbers right after the Overwatch League Grand Finals happened. We had Slasher saying some things and all that kind of stuff. But now there's new numbers coming out that are coming directly from Blizzard. So they're saying that over the two days of the Grand Finals, that over 10.8 million viewers. So I'm pretty sure from what I've read that that is unique viewers. Um, had uh, an average audience per minute of more than 1 million and upgrade from that. So yeah, so yeah, more than 1 million unique users was their, about their record, but the 10 million views weren't quite um, unique. But nonetheless, a million people per minute were watching the Overwatch League Grand Finals across all platforms. A lot. That is so many, especially when you see... I mean, 275, I think, is what Twitch topped out at, at least in the United States. And then you add everything else on top of that. Like, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, the finals numbers weren't really that good. Because there's, I mean, Ninja gets more uh, viewers than the Overwatch Grand Finals I did. Well, yes, on Twitch. But you also take in ESPN, ABC, Twitch, NetECC, Panda TV, Zanquai TV, and MLG is where all the different... Um, viewers were from across the world so I guess I don't have too much um, besides that I mean I think that's amazing that's a lot more than what I was expecting I guess I mean over a million a minute is really good for unique viewers um, I think the Overwatch League is just going up I think this really just continues to show that the Overwatch League does have legs to stand on the viewership went back up towards the end of the season people are watching on these other platforms and now we have more teams coming in. I mean, is there mm-hmm. any is there any downside we see for the Overwatch League going into year two? Is there anything that we're worried about? Um, yes, absolutely. Okay. I think not fixing their mistakes that they've made um, would be a really big shame. I think it's one hundred and ten percent acceptable to make mistakes, um, especially if you're a league starting out like this. But if you don't correct yourself, like that's that's when things are really really bad. Um, what are the Top the two players. mistakes they need to fix. Okay, so number one, I think they need to fix is they need to fix um, player conduct. Okay. So not only the outwardly conduct of how players are acting, like they're they're acting a fool, like XQC, um, but also just like internally. Um, I I've heard around 
um, that there has been a lot of issues with players specifically just being um, having kind of like emotional problems. Okay. Um, especially with going into a giant league like this, a lot of them are really young. There's a lot of pressure on them. They're 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 playing a lot. Um, you know, there's a lot riding on this, and they're all very young. And I think the the main thing that they need to improve upon is the player support. Um, and then the second one, which maybe might be a little bit tied to that, um, is their uh, their their structure. I think. Um, of how the games are played. Now, I think this one's a little bit of cheat because this one is kind of wishing for more wishes, so to speak, because this one is like, oh, I hope that they space the games out more and I hope that they're more transparent. Like, it is, it is cheating a little bit because, like I said, it's it's a bunch rolled up into one, but I, I think the way they, they, um, they, they put the games out there definitely needs to change. Um, okay. I think there was a lot of games really fast and they're really back-to-back. Okay, yeah. And again, we've talked about this a little bit. Like, I personally have no problem with the schedule and all that kind of stuff. I mean, could they find a better way to do the schedule? Yes, but to me that wasn't a problem. But I understand what you mean. And it was bigger than just a schedule or anything kind of like that. But I do think there's room for growth. But I think the base of where the Overwatch League is, is really strong going into Season 2 right now. Apparently, I, I've heard this because it was quoted from a, a Dot .esport um, opinion piece. That, that a couple of the players actually agreed that they wish that the um, the games were a little bit different. Specifically, um, I'm pretty sure the person who said this was Poco from uh, Philly Fusion. Of he course. specifically said, and he like he he like aligned right right up with what I was saying, and so like that made me feel good. But he was like, yeah, I really wish it was like you know one game, uh, like each team plays one game a week. So that way it's like, oh, like let's center our viewing around this specific day. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier. Which I think that's totally a doable thing if you have like more teams in the league. I think that's more doable. I think you should make it a longer series then. I think you should do a best yes. of five versus a best of three. Um I think I agree with you there. Wait, um so it's already no, I'm sorry. It's already a best of five right now. I think you should no. No, no, I don't think they should make it longer. I think there should be less stages. I think they should be longer yeah, stages. Yeah, they can do that too. Yeah, because if they have the same amount of games played, but there's more teams, you have to play more games. And if you're playing less games, if you're playing the same amount of games per week, but just with more teams, then the stage has to be longer. And then maybe it's like less stages. I think that could be really cool and interesting because um, it maybe if you break it up into thirds, so instead of having four stages, maybe you have three stages that are a little bit more spaced out. Maybe there's a little bit of a break in between, and then it leads up to the finals. Um, so maybe there's a little bit more buildup. Maybe there's a little bit more hype behind it. Um, I think that is the. I think thirds were used before with WCS leading up to BlizzCon. Okay. I think I'm not 100 percent sure. I would have to double check that, but I think I think that excuse me was the case. So I, I'm not I'm not sure, but yeah, they, they'll I, I have they to change incredible. the schedule. I don't think there's a question if they're going to change the schedule or not. Because they have four teams confirmed. I mean, I think only two of them are actually confirmed. But we have four teams that we have Atlanta. No, we have um, Paris and Toronto still com- totally unconfirmed. Like mm, yeah, yeah, those are soft confirmed. Yes, and then uh, Guangzhou and uh, Atlanta are hard confirmed. Yes. So we're assuming there's two more teams coming. Um, 
one from Asia, one from Europe at this point. So there's six teams. So there's they can't keep the same schedule as six more teams. So they are going to do something. So I'll be interested to see what that is. But we have other topics to move on to. I really want to talk to you about Korea and maybe seeing if another Korean team is going to come up over there or something kind of like that. So this is super, super interesting. So I'm actually just going to almost read straight from the article a little bit because it, it's very, like, rich in what it has to yeah. say and we got this article from v v i e esports.com um wrote by simonas didn't make it very easy to kind of say there but go over there and check out the full article because we are reading word from word from it yeah so in korea uh the ministry of culture sports and tourism announced a project to build up to three esports facilities in korea by 2020 and so what they're trying to do with this is come up with a dedicated tournament arena a brat uh, like a broadcasting arena a production studio and then also they want to put in place um training facilities for referees and uh human resources in esports this and then and then that's on top ridiculous of that, and on top of all that they all they, they also want to push for um, already established uh, sports facilities to um, have esports integration in them. Um, so allow maybe, like, I, I don't know what that looks like exactly because they didn't really explain, but like maybe adding in, like, if they have a giant uh, training facility, maybe adding in a little esports area into there. Yeah, just buying 10 computers. This, there you go. this is super awesome. I mean, Korea's always been, especially the Korea, Korean government, has always been super behind esports. Yeah. But just having, the Ministry of Culture, Sports, and Tourism just going, we're going to build three esports facilities. That's a ton. And, like, these aren't just, like, anything to scoff at. Like, like these aren't going to be, like, giant, like, football arenas or anything. Um, but they're going to be really good facilities with, like, really good support structures. And I also really like having the kind of neutral, um, like, referees and just human resources there, too. Yeah because they're hiring people in the esports, which is always a really good thing. And they're just creating more opportunities there. And this is another reason why like Korea is just, you know, it, it always feels like they're, they're plus one, um, especially culturally with, with gaming and stuff like that. Um, they're just, their government's just super down with it. And that's awesome. Yeah, I guess I, I don't have too much to add. I mean, you did a really good job. You did pretty much cover the entire article. I mean, more will be coming later this month is kind of what they said at the end for the exact details of how much is it going to cost and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, just nonetheless, I think this is just incredibly cool. And they're not just doing, like, three new arenas for people to go and watch, but they're doing a broadcasting um, relay and a production studio. So, like, they're committing to watching people play, getting it out to people to see it, and then someone to produce it and put it onto more platforms. So they're not just thinking about, oh, let's get more people to come to Korea and watch them in there. No, they're thinking about getting the content out and really spreading it to the mass majority, which I think is really cool and much more important than just building a ton of stadiums. Because a, a stadium can kind of come up tomorrow, but the broadcasting relay and the production studio is not near as common as you see. I mean, I don't think there's really anything to that level here in the United States especially. So I think that's really cool seeing that come from the government of Korea. So I think that really kind of covers up what I have to say on that. But again... Korea's ahead of the game on everything esports related, and we need to follow suit a little bit more. And then, um, oh crap, I kind of let on that last article, wasn't I? So this was technically mine to lead into, that's my bad. But um, we have 
the next big and great franchising league of esports history starting in about a month. And you know what that is, Dylan? What is it? It is mobile esports with Clash Royale. And I didn't even think this game was still going, to be 100% honest with you. Like, I was obsessed with it for, like, the first five months it came out. And then when I stopped playing and all my friends stopped playing, I thought the game just died. No, to be fair, that Clash Royale has always been kind of the eSport of mobile games. Like, people for sure play this. It's getting updates all the time. Like, this is, like, actually the real deal when it comes to esports. Yeah, um, no, I, 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 I know it's being facetious, but, like, this actually is a huge league. We'll tell, talk more about the details, but, like, I'm not being facetious. Like, this is actually is a really big, cool franchising league. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really think mobile esports would really take this direction. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, there there is no reason. I think that's just kind of, like, a bias I might have against uh, mobile games in particular that... Um, maybe I don't hold them to the same value as I do like a, a keyboard and mouse game, but yeah. I mean, if it's well designed and it's well balanced and there's a community behind it, then I mean, why not? Like clearly a lot of people really like this game and they put a lot into it. So it makes sense that there's a, there's an eSport behind it and people are really pushing for it. Yeah. And I guess we're going to be competing with it for screen time now. I mean, it starts next a week from today, next Monday, August 20th is oh, the damn. first date of this. So we're going to lose all of our listeners now for next week. That's their core demographic, too. Uh, <laughs> People who play Clash Royale is And like... mobile esports as a whole, because we give so much love to that genre. But a little bit more about it. So it was announced way back in March, which I don't know how I kind of... We just totally ignored this back in March then. But there's actually a lot of teams kind of being um, in this. From the North American region alone, we have TSM, Cloud9, CLG, 100 Thieves, Immortals, NRG, Tribe Gaming... Um, and that's just from the North America. There's 48 different teams that make up five different regions. Um, Latin America, mainland China, North America, Europe, and Asia. Um, and, oh, so one of the regions kicked off today. So the Latin America region is kicking off now, then everyone else kicks off between now and two weeks from today. Um, it'll be all into it. And that, yeah, I mean, I think this is super cool. They kind of, in order to fill slots for the new league, they just hosted a Path to Pro tournament. Um, 25 million players attempted to qualify, and then 7,000 made it out in the next round. And then they just kind of did a draft from there and allowed teams to pick out of that. That's so, insane. 25 <laughs> million players. Well, that's just anyone that, anyone that, I mean, it was just an online tournament. So yeah, it anyone doesn't that just, matter. That's 25 that million. That is 25 million people. That is that's a ridiculous. Lot of people. That, that is actually like insane if you told me 25 million people played this game alone i'd be shocked i thought i was dead so yeah when i read that there there has to be like like what percentage of players actually signed up for this tournament because it it, like it it can't be high because like it's never high for something like this so the amount of people that actually play this game oh my holy shit dude like that's an insane number if 25 million people signed up to do the path to pro. Let me see if I can find that. Like sometimes you can find like the um, daily active users and stuff. Um, so they're estimating that there are thirty thousand people downloading the game every single day. Oh my god, that that's insane! Still, so it's still growing like that. I guess I have, to, of course, you have to pay to be able to see the daily active users. But nonetheless, if there's that many people still 
downloading it each every day, even if you're uninstalling and reinstalling it, that there's a pretty good player base behind that. And I think that's oh, really, yeah. I think that's really cool. And then yeah, um, it looks like um, they didn't go too much on to. Um, it looks like it's just gonna be shown on the YouTube channel. So I don't know if there's gonna be a Twitch live streaming. So all of the Clash Royale League action can be viewed on the new Esports Royale YouTube channel. Fan of the popular mobile want to check out the competition when it starts later this month. So it doesn't give us a Twitch channel. It doesn't give us anything kind of like that. So it may just all be pre-recorded and done offline. It could just be YouTube live too. They yeah. could just be recording live on YouTube, which I think there's there's like a weird market for actually having YouTube live um, content because like almost no one streams there. And so if you stream a video game there, your discoverability is super high. And so, like, it might be a really good way to pull everyone over. Yeah. Plus, like, the type of market, um, it, I think it would be much easier to get, like, a more casual market just on a random YouTube stream rather than a Twitch stream. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with that. Yeah. Also, I think this is a really, really smart thing for, for teams. So, like, TSM and Cloud9 and all that picking up players for this, I think for them it was almost a no-brainer because, like, one, um, I think it's either singles or doubles. Like, most likely sing singles notifications. I'm on the YouTube channel. Sorry about that. But um, but yeah, it's probably either singles or doubles. So that means you need one or two players per team. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that these teams are picking up too many people. They're probably just buying out some of the best players. And honestly, for mobile eSport, that's not very um, highlighted in eSports culture. Um, this is something that you can pick them up probably at a steal. You just pick these players up for almost next to nothing to represent you. They go on and they win the tournament and boom, your team name is number one. Yeah. Easy peasy. Well, yeah, just like the Fortnite streamers that just get picked up by leagues too. They pick up one or two of them. They just say, oh, they're backed by TSM now. Like, wasn't that expensive. They That team gets their name out there. They have nothing to lose. TSM, C9, like they have nothing to lose by backing one or two of these really high-skilled players in a brand new league. I mean, just looking at the YouTube channel, which is why you heard those sounds earlier, um, they already have 11 million views on their um, launch trailer in Jeez. three days. It came out three days ago, and they have 11 million views on that. So if everything's getting even half of that amount of views, I mean, they're going to be making good money off ad revenue. People are going to be watching and getting into the league. I mean, you're not always going to hit that 11 million mark, but you have a couple million probably per video, I'm assuming, whatever it is in the long run. So, that's not bad numbers for a mobile esport, especially if 25 million people signed up to want to be in it. I'm sure at least a good chunk of them will go watch it. You get the casual audience. I mean, I think I think it's a good idea, and I'm curious to see kind of how it ends up turning out. And so, yeah, I mean, mobile esports is the future. I mean, the statistic, whatever, I'm making this up. I'm probably going to be wrong on the exact number. But it's like 67% of people consider themselves gamers. And, like, 50% of them, their primary console or primary device is mobile. Like, there's a huge people that consider themselves above, like, the average gamer and play on mobile first. So I think there's a huge market for this. There's a lot of people doing this. So I'm curious to kind of see where it goes and what the numbers are behind it. Yeah, I agree. I'm super interested in it. And I also think that there's going to be maybe a boom in streaming mobile games so streaming mobile games is not a, a new thing no so people have done this through emulators super easily 
Um, and even, oh, there was this really cool thing when like IRL streaming was getting popular along with um, Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. where people would, um, I, I don't know how they did this. It like, to me, it was like, it was magic because I didn't look into how they did this, uh, but they could get their phone um, displayed on um, OBS, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on their OBS setup. So they would have Pokemon Go um, on like the left side or whatever of what they were doing. And they would be IRL streaming on the right and they would be doing both at the same time. That was like blowing up super big for, unfortunately it was just like a, a month or so, but I thought that was super cool. Yeah, and I, I do think, remember watching that. Yeah, I, I think there is probably a market for people just streaming and playing the mobile games in the same type of way. and maybe not going outside, but like I could totally imagine a streamer having on the left side of them playing the, the mobile game or whatever, and then on the right side just chilling, talking, whatever, maybe talking about strategy and stuff and just grinding ladder or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think I think that could actually blow up and get really popular soon. No, yeah, I'm curious. I'm, I'm just going to go over Twitch. Like, I want to see if anyone's actually streaming this right now. Like, what the numbers are for just Clash Royale. It is it is for sure because whenever I browse um, below the top 10, it's actually there. I, I, I do see it. Only 500 viewers right now across all channels. So people are doing it. I mean, a lot of people had their sh- their screen in the middle and then them off to the right, kind of like what you're saying. So, I mean, that, that for- format is there. I mean, I see a Fnatic player. Um, Emerging there. market, boys. Get in there quick. Get, get yeah. your numbers up before the boom. Three million people... Over 3 million people follow the Clash Royale, like, genre on Twitch. So people are at least interested enough to follow it. And I don't even follow any games, like, on Twitch. So people are going out of their way to follow that. So they're, well, I no, think they're, it is they're a... not. They're not, actually. Because whenever you sign up for... So the old members of Twitch might not know this. But whenever you sign up for Twitch nowadays, um, during the setup process, I think you can skip this. Um, but it's kind of hard to skip. They go, it's kind of like, um, I don't know if anyone ever signed up for Pinterest, but whenever you do, they go, what are the top topics that you want to look at? It's the same deal with which they make you click on like, I think three oh. to five games that you want to follow. And so if the, if the average um, person who's into video games plays mobile games, the most popular mobile game is Clash Royale. Therefore, whenever they're filling out all the games that they're interested in, they're going to click on Clash Royale, even though they might not watch it. That makes sense. Okay. So, but still, it's an emerging market. I think with that, I mean, we saw Overwatch League. We saw Overwatch numbers go up as a whole when that league came out. So I'm sure there'd be maybe not as drastic of an effect, but a save effect for Clash Royale. When a league comes out and people are talking about it, they're more likely to go and watch it on Twitch. I watch more Overwatch and play more Overwatch since the league came out. And I think that can be said for most esports when they kind of become more organized, right? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I mean, Overwatch viewership has gone up a bunch, for sure. Especially just even individual streamers. Like, I know uh, I'm looking X XQC right now. He has like five thousand. That's not, not bad for Overwatch. That's yeah. like, like nowadays getting five thousand. That's like that's super solid actually. And especially XQC is kind of controversial too. Like, oh, that's why people like him though. I know that's why some people don't like him though. But I, I, everyone in the Overwatch community seems to love him. Um, but yeah, congratulations. Well, next week will next week. I hope I can catch a video to the Clash Royale and kind of give my reactions on it to see if um if it's not going to be too bad actually. So I'm be curious to kind of follow up on this in a while. And it kind of does loop into our next topic a little bit um with Riot Games and the relationship with Tencent. But before we go and talk about that. Dylan, I kind of want a lot of you guys have seen 
the huge story that came out about Riot Games, um, sexual harassment, hiring practices, everything. I mean, this article is huge. It took me 20 minutes to read through the entire thing. And we decided not to kind of talk about it. Um, but I know, Dylan, you kind of had like official little stance on where, what we wanted to say. Yeah, so Kotaku put out this article called Inside the Culture of Sexism at Riot Games. Um, basically, what I just want to say, and I think I speak for all of us here, is just, just go out read this article. Um, in addition to this article on Twitter, there's a ton of people, a um, ton of women who work at Riot that are also putting out statements on this. For sure, for sure, go out and just read those uh, Twitter threads. Just listen to their stories and see what they have to say, because yeah. there's a lot of stuff out there. So just listen to the stories. Yeah, build your own opinion, read through it, get all the facts. I mean, that's what we kind of did that we're still doing, and that's what it's still coming out. I mean, Riot has made some kind of um, steps, whatever you want to call it. They have hired on a couple new people. I've seen a couple people being let go. So things are happening. Form your own opinion. Follow the news. Kotaku's updating that article as it kind of goes, and other people are continuing to talk about it. So keep your eyes out and just kind of keep your eyes on that. We just decided that we didn't feel like our opinions needed to be in the loop and that we weren't the most important things you need to read or hear about related to this article. So go read out other people's tweets. Go read the article. Form your opinion. But with that, I do want to talk about a little bit more problems that Riot's are having, Riot Games is having that's not really related to anything kind of like that. But apparently, um, Aaron... Mikunas. I cannot say any of these reporters' names for whatever reason today from Dot Esports. Kind of put up an article just right before we went live talking a little bit about how Tencent Holdings, obviously the huge company that seems to own stock in every single company in the world, it seems like sometimes, um, has really had a rough relationship with Riot Games in the past couple of months, maybe in the past couple of years. Um, it's been cited... Um, League of Legends, I wouldn't say it's by no means dying, but the viewership numbers are dropping. Um, Tencent is really starting to focus on mobile gaming. And um, I'm sorry, you just threw me off. You just totally threw me off a loop when I read that message. Um, they're really diving into mobile games, and Tencent owns stock in both Blue Hole games and Epic games. So, of course, they're focusing on Fortnite and PUBG. It's just do you think this is starting to be, not the downfall of League, but a real heavy decline? Is that starting to happen? Uh, no. I don't really think so. So I think League is always going to be like, I think League is going to be popular for a really, really long time. I think, you know, everyone always says, oh, League's dying, League's dying. You know, League has been dying for the past, like, seven years um so i i think relationships are, are going to come and go with it um i'm I, so I, I really wish we had james on here because he he would pop off about it of course but um i don't know i think i think league's doing fine like yeah. like like the numbers might go up and down but they're doing fine and like i i understand that that sure like i just kind of pose that opinion just to kind of get what your opinion on it kind of was that question there but i mean really even if riot and tencent aren't having really good relationships i don't really think that has any impact on riot games sure they're one of their holders but that company is does function independently they do their own things 
and I'm sure they'll just find some way to innovate or something kind of like that. It's just, yeah, they've been talking about other MOBAs, especially on mobile, have been taking a lot of more of the players than I thought they were. Arenas of Valor, which is the biggest mobile um, MOBA, is now coming to PC, which I kind of thought, well, yeah, I know. The game everyone thought was, it's more or less a ripoff of League of Legends on mobile, is now coming to PC to compete against the game it ripped off. That's um, that's wild. That's all yeah, I gotta say is that's that, wild. But that's how well they're doing. Is that that company feels that it's doing well enough and that they there is a space on the computer that they can do as well. Which, I don't think that... I don't know if that means to say that the number of people watching esports and MOBAs are rising or that they feel that they're able to take it from Dota, Smite, League, all the other MOBAs and bring it there. Well, I mean... I, I think their market, though, is probably a dual-user market. So I think where they're going to succeed is the people who play it on mobile. Um, I could totally imagine this, right? Here's a scenario. You're out, right? You're at school, you're at work, you're walking around, you're playing it on your phone. You go home, you just log in on on your computer if they have any sort of like cross play or if they have any like account carryover if it's the same game that's totally going to happen people do for overwatch or for uh for hearthstone all the time fortnite people, too yeah with fortnite people play on there and then they go home and they sit down at their desktop and they just play um i think i think there's gonna be some really dedicated people who love this game and they're gonna do that and they get really into the esports aspect of it um, why wouldn't they watch i don't think it's inherently going to take away because I don't think the people who play on on their phone are always people who are watching Dota, Smite, or League. I, it might be even a, a totally separate market. They they might take from it, um, but I think I think there's a a new market out there. I think the mobile gamers are are a huge market that's not being tapped into at all. So another thing about this um, story that I kind of missed is that Tencent created their own mobile MOBA over in China, which roughly translates to Honor of Kings in, 2000, um, in 2015. And it just pretty much looked like a blatant ripoff of League, even more so than Arena of Valor was, um, which has now arrived in North America as... Oh, wait, no, no, no. I'm sorry. So, Tencent made Arena of Valor. The owners, the part owners of Riot Games made the mobile ripoff of League and is now bringing it to PC to compete against their own MOBA. What? I, did, I missed that. Like, yeah, that Riot brought these concerns to Tencent. They responded by changing the own game enough so that it wouldn't cross any IP. I mean, if you really want, like, I, I don't think you can, like, blame them too much for that. I mean, Dota is literally just warcraft characters that whenever they want to make their own game they had to reskin them and change the names of them so they weren't the same um because like for example in dota windrunner i th that's i think that's just sylvanas windrunner before she became the banshee queen literally the same thing they just had to tweak the name a little bit all the characters are they, they were originally characters that were just in warcraft they just tweaked them a little bit so they weren't as warcrafty yeah um 
And same thing with League. League almost did took the same thing because League was originally um, a spinoff of Dota. Well, yeah. But they they molded it and they changed it over time. And okay. same thing with Han. Han was the same exact. All these things were just made in Warcraft, and they just slightly changed it whenever they went to their own thing. So I think they're gonna slightly change it from League, and eventually they'll become their own. Yeah, thing. but there's no conflict of interest between Dota and League. That would be like I, I don't even know how to compare that. That's like your boss going and starting another company to compete against the company you're working for right now. That's what's happening right yeah, now. That who makes... cares? People do it all the time. People do it all the time. I like. I don't know why it's any different this time. I just think that's. I just think that's bad relationship management. There. I think that is somewhere you say we're gonna give you a shit ton of money to make League of Legends into a mobile game, but instead they go behind their backs more or less and compete against their own, where they could have just made much more money by just partnering with their already existing subsidiary and making a game that way and then having that whole fan base that's behind league of legends yeah but they want money though everyone wants money tencent yeah tencent owns 70 percent of the world how much more money could they possibly no no but that's the thing though is like the the relationship that you're viewing that they have would be if league of legends and riot had the one up on them but they don't this company is like is like Google. They can do whatever they want. They don't care. Like they, they, they will just buy companies and do what they want. If they can't buy out a company and they can't impose their will on them, they're just gonna do something else. Like they're so big that it almost doesn't even matter. So, I just, oh, that drives me crazy. Like whatever. Like that relationship being a little rough, fine. But going and ripping off an IP and then changing it so that it's not ripping off an IP anymore, and then going and competing against it is. I, I think this is a thing of, ought they do it? No. Should they do it? Yeah, because they have money. They, they should do it. But um, it is morally wrong. I always it's thought morally... you were the one I support esports. Now you're supporting money. That's what well, I'm I do here. support. I, I, no, don't get me wrong. I think this is a really scummy thing that they're doing. I can't change. They're going to do it. I mean, they have the money. They're going to do it. Yeah. It sucks, but they're going to... They're going to do it. No, I know. I don't have much to argue with you against. But still. I just hope that Dylan Big Business Beal. I love it, James. James, for this point, for any audio listeners, is absolutely fucking losing it in our chat right now. Like, we're talking about League of Legends without him and how it's dying. How there's a ripoff of it. Like, he's losing it in chat right now. Just because you're all missing that right now. But... I don't know. I, I I don't think I don't think we're ever going to come to an agreement again. We started off fighting about Overwatch League, and from here on out, every time we talk about something controversial, we're never on the same side anymore, Dylan. No, we're always at odds. And I don't know why we jump back and forth on our stances. I definitely feel like you're making my stance right now. You are making the pitch that I always say that yes, it's not good, but it's money and it's going to help the industry grow. Like that is my pitch usually, and you're more like grassroots. Fuck big money. Like we're definitely switching roles here, but I love it. Well, I guess I, Riot no, isn't. The thing is, is Riot is big Riot money. Riot is not. Yeah, Tencent is just bigger money. So you should always pick the smaller one. I don't. Know. It, it, yeah, like I said, it, it's not that I'm picking one or the other. I'm just saying, like, yeah. They, they, they are a Google, Amazon type company of where it doesn't matter. 
Um, I like feel Twitch. like they're above both those companies, though. Because Tencent is just a holding yeah. company, and they don't really... I mean, they do do some front-facing business, but Tencent is just the big man behind all the companies, and they don't really do front-facing. Well, Amazon and Google, they can't do that. Amazon can't just go off pissing everyone off. People are going to retaliate, despite how big they are, because they're so front-facing. Tencent that, that means Tencent is even, like... They have more power now because their brand doesn't matter. Yeah, they're big brother. They're just there. And no one knows who they are. No one knows what they are. They're just there controlling everything behind the scenes. And Tencent, that, that's just... That's what bothers me about it more. Is that, yes, Google and Amazon could do this. But there would be repercussions to at least a point. There's no repercussion for Tencent. And they can go and do this. I mean, they had stock in Epic Games. And then they went and got stock in Blue Hole when that became a thing, and then went back to investing in Epic Games again when that one's more popular. They're going behind the own backs of all their companies with no repercussions because they have so much money. It's scummy. I love it. Oh my god, I can't talk about this anymore. Is there anything else you want to touch on? I think that was kind of our little list of uh, facts that we kind of ran through. Is there any stories, anything you want to bring up, anything you want to touch on? Um... No, I, I think that's about it. Yeah, no, yeah, that was a good one. It wasn't quite as long as we normally go. I feel like we've been going far over an hour, but maybe our listeners will enjoy not going an hour 15 for the first time in a while. But just a little bit of housekeeping before we do go off for the night. I will be gone next week. James will finally be back for his triumphant return after what feels like forever. Um, I guess that's all the housekeeping I actually have today. I thought I had a couple more points with that. But with that, I want to thank you all so much for listening to the Project Esports podcast. For I can't think of what today's date is. I am hot. I am sorry. It is so sweaty in here right now. I need to get out of here. Dylan, where can they find us? Uh, you can find us on Twitch every Monday at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. We always go live there for the podcast. Um, look for us on Tuesdays the following day on YouTube and all the big uh, podcast platforms. We always have the VODs up and um, the podcast, uh, the audio version up. Uh, so we have that up on Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. Spotify is a really big one that we're on and we're super excited that we're actually on there because it's, um, we. I know Andrew's been pushing that for that forever yeah. uh, to actually get on there. And it's a really cool way to, to kind of listen to us. So if you want to support us, Go on there, check out the audio version of this too. Um, and if you want to support us on Twitch, just pop in our channel. Um, we're just Project Esports Podcast on Twitch. Just leave us a little follow. It really helps us out a lot. We're really pushing hard for Twitch affiliate. Um, and so if you come by and just follow our channel and just let me know that you followed our channel, um, I'll go ahead and give you a shout out at the end of every single episode. Um, you can also do that on, on Twitter. You know, Just quote tweet us, tell people to come check us out and I'll do the same thing there. Uh, so the people that have really helped us out so far are at Synaxis, at Cassinia Ilya, at the Banhammer, at Better Underscore Esports, at Xenoskang, and at Learningville. Thanks everyone over there for for supporting us so much um, and help getting our name out there. Yeah, and a little bit of extra incentive for any of you guys that are really giving us a lot of love and you're ever streaming right during when we are going. Like today, we're going to be rating Xenos King. BDZ has been a supporter since the beginning. He's streaming right now, so if you do ever want to stream right after we do finish up going live. Um, we will give you guys a raid here and there just to help you guys out grow because we're all trying to do the same thing here. But, as always, I'm Andrew. And I'm Dylan. Thank you very much for watching the Project Esports Podcast.